1: And Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour
3: on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, Gearheads. It's John Massingill sitting in the studio in Austin, joined by my partner in crime, Les Kaiser, over Zoom. And we just watched the Formula One Russian Grand Prix, and it was a race. I think that's all I can tell you, Les. <laughs> What do you think about the Russian Grand Prix? I think I think you're on mute, Mr. Mr. Kaiser, just like many, yeah, many uh, Zoom meetings like, across the United States.
4: <laughs> there you go. So yeah, it uh, it played out well. I enjoyed uh seeing a lot of the things. The, the 10 second penalty for Lewis, I can't say was a surprise once we got going. I'm glad uh, you know, obviously they tuned into us and you know we asked for that penalty to be called during the race. So uh, glad thanks guys for listening. And so <laughs> Definitely glad to see that play out. But to be honest, without that, I think uh, we would have been a very, very boring race of seeing Lewis up front with Valtteri and Max behind him.
3: Well, there just wasn't much really to watch. I mean, there's a couple of good battles. There was that battle for ninth place with Norris and Gasly and Albon. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it was kind of surprising. Uh, Perez ended up finishing fourth. Uh, he was It was a quiet, nice finish for him. But it was not the most exciting race. I'll tell you what, you know, right at the end of our pre-race show, we did our our guesses and predictions, and everything that I predicted went exactly the opposite. I predicted that Verstappen would win, that Botas would be meek and mild. And, man, Botas went after it. He, he, he uh, was a very aggressive in turn one. And did you hear the... His little quote at the end, when he basically told all his critics to go f themselves, apparently. So,
4: yeah, he was calling you out, dude. <laughs>
3: he was, he was, he was. I felt like he was talking directly at me when he said that. And then I said my last prediction for the long shot was Lando Norris, and he did not have a great race either. But it just wasn't, you know. Hey, look, Russia has. Sochi has not been the home of a lot of great races in formula one. And this was another one of those, but, but Hey,
4: four. (laughs) Yeah. Three out of four of the races have had safety cars going in. So, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that has become a staple of Russia is safety car and incidents, which I think is, you know, I hate to sound like NASCAR fans, but, uh, sometimes that's the excitement of it.
3: (laughs) Well, hey, let me give out the phone number in case anybody wants to call and join the show. 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. Talk about anything Formula One. And uh, we also, I'm really excited because we got a, a, a call on Friday and got to interview Kimi Raikkonen. And we have uh, that, that interview coming up later in the show. Very excited to play that. And Kimi was very talkative, so... <laughs> We were prepared for some short answers, but we got lots of good stuff from Kimmy, so stay tuned for that. And we also have uh, some clips from Zach Brown because we caught up with him last week right after the Lamar victory that he was involved in. So we've got that as well. But let me run down the order of the race real quick for everybody. If you're listening, it's Botas won the race. Um, Stappen in second, Hamilton third, Perez, Ricardo, Leclerc. Ocon, Kvyat, and Gasly, and Albon wrap up the top 10. Do you have a Magnuson Vettel, Raikkonen, Norris, Latifi, Grosjean, and Russell? And then did not finish Lance Stroll and Carlos Sainz, who had uh, crashes right on the at the very beginning of the race. Stroll got hit by, I think it was Vettel. And then Sainz had, he had an unusual, It was the first person to go through the, the, the styrofoam bollards and he just hit the wall. Then that was a pretty pretty hard hit when he was trying to just avoid the bollards and just hit the wall.
4: Yeah, you know, I gotta I gotta say he probably could not remember what was behind that bollard there. And uh, those were really interesting. That the bollards came into play quite a bit today uh, because one of the things the stewards had said that is, if you go through the bollards, you go off course. You had specific entry points that you must return to the track through. And uh, there were quite a few items there that didn't happen. Uh, Albon get, was, uh, took himself and got a 10-second penalty for not following the guidance as well. So I know those happened several times.
3: And that, that, that rule is just, I, I think it's silly. I mean, you saw when Grosjean ended up blasting through the styrofoam bollards, uh, what he was trying to do there when he was banging wheels with Vettel is, you know, he was trying not to have to, to break the rules but it was silly i, I don't know they need to figure out a, dif- a different way to do that and i bet you they do for subsequent races because that was just silly and and, and uh they actually caused a little safety car when they had to put the replacement bollards back out there for, but thank goodness they did that quickly but that was i don't know well, uh, what do you think about I'm that i'm going to
4: say i'm going to say kudos on the virtual safety car utilization today because they did that briefly and it did not uh, really but the only folks that had a benefit would have been anyone who was in the pit at the moment and so i thought that was a great uh, deployment and the entire group slowed down everybody kind of maintained their placement and spacing and then right back in that very brief situation but uh, i appreciate that versus a yellow in a specific zone
3: yeah that's true i'll give give them credit where credit's due there Um, we didn't get the 91st record-setting win for Hamilton, of course, past Schumacher. Solid win for Botas, though. I guess I give him that credit. And, you know, I I was giving Botas a hard time at the pre-show just because I haven't seen him be, you know, we don't think of Botas as an aggressive driver. And, but I did hear uh, on the the BBC broadcast that they said that a bee hit his helmet, uh, hit his visor right before turn one, right before he was aggressive. And I thought, well, is it, was that the reason that he was aggressive? But, um, but yeah, did you hear that?
4: I did. I did. I just got to, uh, you know, did it hit, it, hit his visor? Or did it actually get in his helmet? And is he <laughs> distracted with that? Either way, yeah. I can see that being a distraction, uh, you know, right now through the Hill Country, I've had a situation I'm want to be hit right over my eye on my face shield of the motorcycle helmet. Yeah, that can be a pretty serious distraction, and uh, can certainly understand how that happened.
3: Hey, did you notice the uh, the fans? There was there was quite a few fans. I, I didn't I didn't see the rules, but I didn't see a lot of mask and social distancing in that in those grandstands.
4: You know, uh, I did see that, that um, and I'll tell you what. I will. Uh, I'll look and see if I can find out how much they did there. Um, it's it's something else so uh i'll see if i can find out something to share with us here
3: yeah that that was weird i, I don't know exactly what their what the rules were but um but it's russia so who knows what's going on over there so we'll see but yeah let's uh you know i mean we talked a little bit about some of the other um some of the other drives but like perez finished fourth and daniel ricardo finished fifth he had a good race um I liked what Perez, I mean, excuse me, Ricardo said when he got his penalty. Did you hear that? Where he said, basically he said, great, well, then I'll race faster. Because they said, you just got a five-second time penalty. He said, I'll race faster and make it up. And sure enough, he did.
4: Yeah, he did. Uh, You know, he's another one. I feel like uh, I'm hoping that he's going to have a better car and we're going to really see what uh, he can do next year.
3: Yeah, good to see him you know up in 5th though and we get to see more of him but and then behind him Leclerc uh in 6th in the Ferrari you know he's more than a few times this season he's ended up faster than what higher up than what I thought that car could do. I mean, where's Vettel? Vettel's all the way down in 13th. And I know who knows what's going on with all that. There's been discussions about what parts are on which car and all that, but Leclerc in 6th had a good race. And uh, Ocon right behind him. He had a pretty good race as well. And then in uh, in eighth place, Daniel Kvyat. How many laps did he go on those hard tires at the? Because he was he was as high as second or third for sure. I think he went thirty six laps, something like that.
4: Right, but uh, you know Norris going forty five on his was just astounding. Yeah, uh, I wish he had come in about one or two laps earlier because i felt like that really played out no matter what he was going to lose time in the pit but i think he started really kind of risking things we saw a lock up uh there in the last the last bit of that lap before he came in so i might have pushed it a little too far on that
3: that was some of the best racing of the whole race though watching lando norris hold off albon and gasly there all those young gun drivers that was fun to watch
4: yeah exactly that was great. Albon and Gasly in near each other racing hard again. I just love that because you can't forget about that seat swap. I had, I think that is uh feeding this and and I'd love it when they come near each other.
3: Uh if you were Christian Horner, would you be thinking that you want Gasly back instead of Albon?
4: <laughs> I don't know. As I started to mention in the the pre-race show, uh, there might be some money tied to Albon coming in with his nationality and matching the nationality of the product, uh, sponsors, things like that. I'm not sure what value there is behind that. I just got to imagine there's something back there.
3: All right. So after Albon was the last points, he was in 10th. There was Giovanazzi and then K Mag. Kevin Magson, no, that's 12th. I think that's the highest they've finished in a HOSCAR in ooh, several races now. Um, and did you see, at, right after on the first race, I think K-Mag and Grosjean were at, what, eighth and ninth? So they got to play up towards the top. And then, of course, Grosjean ended up finishing 17th after that run-in with Vettel and then the Styrofoam. Um, and then after um, after Kevin Magnus and Sebastian Vettel, down in 13th, I, I, it's really astounding how bad the ferrari car is this year i mean you saw uh, i was watching and and cars were passing vettel and the commentators were barely even mentioning it because it was just like you know it's the car's just so slow it's incredible
4: i don't know how i don't know what they're gonna be able to do about that it's uh you just gotta know something's up and, and i it's painful seems like they just can't move right on this. It's, you know, the, I, and I, I don't think it's as, you know, uh, as bad as, I don't know, you know, in the near future, I think we could say it's as bad as we saw during the Arriba era.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I don't really expect dramatic changes really until 22, but we'll see. You never know what could happen. And And remember, we've talked about it in previous shows, you know, they set that car up for 2020 for this year, thinking they were going to have, you know, when they did all the the engineering last year, thinking they were going to have the power they have. So they've got a whole, the car's just out of whack, for lack of a better term. I just saw that Formula One has released the driver of the day, and it was Max Verstappen. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that one. I like that one. Good call. Yeah, I can't think of a better one, honestly. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe Checo Perez, you know, is the only other one I could think of that, that uh, you, could, you could say that about. But um, hey, uh, we've got a little bit of time for the first break. What about Lewis Hamilton going on and on on the radio, which is not unusual, but on about this breaking the rules? And he was like, and he said, and his words were, when did that rule happen? Well, apparently that rule about that has been around for quite a while
4: yeah you're right and that is a safety conscious rule we mentioned that as uh, the cars were coming to grid that's important uh the, the reason for that rule is you know there can be a huge difference in speed depending on where somebody decides to do their practice start that's what led to creating a practice start zone where specific areas where you're allowed to do it and the rest of the track being off limits his positioning there uh, absolutely was not within one of those areas.
3: All right. So why don't we go ahead and take a first break? Remember, we've got a great interview with Kimi Räikkönen coming up. we got Zach Brown coming up, and we're also going to continue to break down the Formula One Russian Grand Prix from Sochi. You're listening to Speed City. We'll be back after these notes.
5: and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Talk thirteen seven, the right choice.
3: Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed Welcome
1: back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City.
3: Thank you, Max Verstappen, for bringing us back. Congratulations today on another second place. I don't know how many of those he's had this year, but he is finishing. I thought about him. You know, he's been uh, trying. He's been essentially building a little driver lead on Botas, and that has turned the other way today with Botas, Botas's victory. Uh, but Les, you did a little well, research, you picked on him. I know. I, on Botas. I picked on Botas. He had out. a message
4: for you, think
3: <laughs> He did, and I think the producer's going to try to cue that message up for us. But uh, you got it? All right, well, let's go ahead and play that and see if see what the Botas This to you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
5: The only man to be on the podium in the last three Russian Grand Prix is on the podium this afternoon, and it's the top step
1: of the podium as Valtteri Bottas wins the Russian Grand Prix.
2: Yes, mate! get in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
6: I think again, it's a nice moment to thank my critics to whom it may concern. You, for Verstappen, Hamilton, <laughs> for the
3: sixth time. Ah, uh, yeah. Fu critics. So, yeah.
4: don't you feel special? He spoke directly <laughs> to you.
3: Well, it, you know, it was probably the first time I've really said the, that harsh of criticism of Bottas, and he said that. So. I guess I wasn't so the only started one started it. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for that, but yeah, look, Hey, you know, I do. He seems like a nice guy and he's obviously a very talented race driver. I just thought, always thought he needed to be a little more aggressive. Take a little bit from the Max Verstappen playbook, but he won today. So congratulations to him, but less you did a little research during the break on the, uh, the crowds there at Sochi. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, so let's preface a little bit. Obviously we're still down with the uh, coronavirus and the, Pandemic, things of that nature. Let's start off with: since n- September nineteenth, at least six thousand coronaviruses per day have been reported in Russia. That's, that's yikes. That's pretty sizable. But uh, they decided that they were going to allow up to thirty thousand attendees at the Russian Grand Prix. At least that's what they were looking at uh, as of Friday. So uh, that. Uh, take it for what it is.
3: Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, you know, I can't say that I'm surprised. So um, look, let's, let's talk about the race. And we've covered quite a bit, but uh, I wanted to, you know, we look down the grid and um, Russell, you know, we, again, one of those stories where I was talking about how, what a great job Russell was doing. And Russell ends up, at the back of the pack of the cars that were running still didn't, uh, did not have a good finish. He ended up, how many pit stops did he do last? Because it oh, looks like he only did three, but he didn't have a great race. And you know,
4: I think you're, uh, you're taking advantage of that commentator curse that Jonathan green talks about. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't talk about anybody.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh, speaking of pit stops, let's look at the pit stops because you had, uh, at the top, all the way down, the top eight drivers only had one pit stop. And all those, except for Kvyat, finished on the hard tires. Um, of course, Hamilton, I think, was the only one that switched from soft to hard. Because everybody else was medium-hard. And then, yeah, so Kvyat ended up, you know, he ran, he started on the hard tires and ran all the way to like 36 or seven, And it finished on the medium. Gassi finished on the medium. Albon also um, but yeah, you know, not, not a classic in Russia this time, but, uh, we have a week off with this season has been so crazy. The way we've had those two, what, two, three, two triple headers and backs to backs. And so now we've got a week off, but, um, you know, less, what do you think from about the way, I mean, I, I think that Formula One couldn't have done a better job from getting this many races to where we are at this point.
4: Uh, you know, it's been astounding. I know we're missing out on on this side of the world, uh, getting to have them here, but uh, they really put a lot of effort into it. Very much appreciated. You know, as somebody that enjoys watching it, uh, it's a that's a tough effort and a big hurdle to get through this year, especially lots of lots of controls and things. You know, creating these bubbles for folks to stay in. They've had a very controlled uh, situation. And had very very few outbreaks of COVID, uh, as we understand, and it may not be because of his travels. Will Buxton uh, was confirmed, I believe that was Wednesday, that uh, he was positive for COVID.
3: I didn't so see that. Well, really, buddy. I did. I missed yeah. that. Wow, how did I miss that?
4: Huh? Yeah, get well, buddy. But um, with the with this few cases that have been confirmed amongst the Formula One paddock and the crew that is there. Uh, they've done an astounding job of controlling it as well as getting races to occur. So big kudos and big thanks.
3: Yep. So after this weekend, next up, we've got on uh, October 11th, we got Germany and then let's see after that Portugal on the 25th. So you got a two weeks and then two weeks kind of back to what feels like a normal F1 schedule. And then a week later though, immediately after that, you've got Italy and I'm trying to lead up to we got so you got Italy and then you got Turkey and then Bahrain twice back to back. And that one's what I was looking forward to talk about, because that's the one where they're going to run the outer circuit, you know, the second week. So they're going to run the normal Bahrain, you know, the circuit that goes inside. And then the week afterwards, it's going to be the outer circuit. And of course, it's going to be under the lights, too. That's going to be really cool.
4: So and Somebody then. Somebody likened the shape of the Bahrain second weekend race of an old helmet, like an old Grand Prix helmet with a little lip on the back yeah. of the helmet. yeah, the I can see that I'm looking the at the it I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of neat. yeah, I can see how you'd see that.
3: yeah, I can Absolutely. see that
4: uh, you know the good the season is gonna go all the way to December thirteen this year, so I really you know it's a little it's certainly taking time to happen in a different place, but uh, astounding work. The logistics around that are not easy.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, that's going to be fun, though, having those uh, that interesting back-to-back. I, you know, and I wonder what – we we talk about the season so far and the way Formula 1 has handled it with all these new uh, circuits, and I wonder about next year and subsequent years about how this season is going to affect the way they've done things. I mean, like – uh, not only uh, will we possibly get some of those races, those circuits in the future, you know, Chase Carey had talked about he wanted 22 races. And but there's so many changes that we could wait and see. But what also about the number of people that each team is bringing that numbers down dramatically and that, you know, it, it, this whole pandemic has changed so many different things about the way people go about their lives, whether it's their work. You know, working remotely or uh, all these different things, but th- this could affect Formula One as well.
4: Without a doubt, I think uh, they've probably learned a lot, as we all have. And what needs to be on site for the work, uh, what can be remote as well. Uh, more, more focus on getting away from being on site uh, for some of the positions. I'm sure. You know, as far as the season. You know, I, uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to see Vans, uh, Vans work. I really Yeah, Zanford. Yeah, I, I Zanford. know that
3: I was really looking forward to that. I know you've been there.
4: Absolutely. I've been there. It is, uh, it's a beautiful location and site, uh, should be very, very interesting with a high bank turn, uh, for the Formula One cars. I'm interested in seeing that.
3: Yeah, that's going to be fun. Well, hey, I want to shift gears a little bit. We have a couple of interviews, and uh, in fact, we got we got three that I want to play. But I want to start with this one because this is Zach Brown, and he, as you, if you probably know, he was racing with the uh, United Autosports team at Le Mans last weekend, and he won, and ended up actually winning not only the the race but the World Endurance Championship in LMP2. And we caught up with him right after that, and so we got him to talk about Le Mans and, of course, a little Formula One. So let's hear from Zach Brown.
2: Yeah, it was. It's to me that's what racing is all about: the highs and the lows. The highs are certainly more fun than the, the lows, but you get a mix of them. And you know, I think it was a great show for the fans. It was a, a bummer that there weren't the usual couple hundred thousand people, at the venue, but I think there were. Uh, several million around the world watching it. So I think it was, a, uh, it was a great Le Mans, great to be able to put on a, a, a show like that. And, uh, yeah, you know, winning the world championship is unbelievable. Le Mans such a big event, uh, and you're so focused on the, the race that it wasn't until about an hour before uh, my partner and I, Richard Dean, who, who runs the team, just does an awesome job. Um, We kind of looked at each other and went, you know, if we kind of finish where we are right now, we're also going to win the championship. And it was one of these things. (laughs) Let's just not talk. Let's not talk about that. So uh, to get kind of two victories in one and to clinch it at Lamar is just a dream come true. That is. I mean, there's no question about it. And that's an American because the American versus Europe battle has, has continued. We've seen the movies, and it is like being in a movie, I know. But, Zach, this whole last uh, three or four months with McLaren, Indy, Formula One success, uh, I mean, it's been a whirlwind, and also dealing with COVID. How are you personally getting on with the strangest year in motorsport? I am... Um... You know, I'm enjoying it. Well, you know, of course, I'm not enjoying what COVID's doing ar- around the world. We're all having to adapt. But um, I think in motor racing, you're trained to adapt and react to situations. COVID is something that none of us have, have ever seen before. Um, but, you know, I think you got to kind of get on with it and deal with it. And I think motor racing as a whole is doing a, a really good job. You know, all the various racing series around the world are getting the races in and you know without incident and uh you know i'm i'm enjoying you know in the various uh racing activities i, I have you know my real job is is mclaren and we're having a great season in, in formula one and in indycar so uh, you know when i started uh we, we were not where we, where we are today so while i always love going to racetracks uh, i like going more when i know i've got a a shot at the front versus um, running around in 17th or 18th. So uh, the racing's certainly more enjoyable.
3: And, Zach, you talk about McLaren in Formula 1. You've got one of, if not the most popular drivers right now, in Lando Norris. Uh, he is a joy to watch on and, and a fantastic to interview, but also on social media and to watch the way he just is enjoying what he's doing. It's amazing. And, and of course, you're, you know, the next couple of years with your driver set up, you, you're in a great position, it feels like.
2: Yeah, I really like our, our driver lineup. Lando's been a, a breath of fresh air. I you know what, what you see is what you get. I think he's that new generation uh driver, really connects with with everyone. He's very uh open and relaxed and accessible uh and, and quite a bit on, you know, social media, which is how, you know, a lot of us interact with the fan base these days. So uh, he, he's great to work with. You know, on and off the track. And then you know, Carlos has been uh, outstanding with us. We're going to finish the season strong. He just came off a great race in in Monza. Obviously, Mugello didn't go did quite as well. Um, and, and then we've got Daniel Ricardo joining us next year, who I think, you know, the combination of Daniel and Lando, I can't think <laughs> yeah. of a better, more exciting driver lineup than those two guys.
3: Yeah. And entertaining, too, those two. Uh, that's great. I'm glad we got to catch up with Zach Brown and uh, McLaren's had a, a nice run at it. But we are up against a break. Let's go ahead and do that. And when we come back, we're going to play our interview we did with Kimi Raikkonen. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, back after these messages.
4: circle brewing the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer you won't find any chemicals or additives only water malt
1: hops and yeast and absolutely nothing else just simple ingredients and outstanding taste
4: it's german purity with texas ingenuity find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 west breaker lane
1: open thursday and friday nights and weekends log on to circlebrewing.com circle brewing
4: company Born, bred, and brewed in Texas.
1: When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, One in a Million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, One in a Million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com.
7: Tune in is the audio platform
0: with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
2: That clock at four.
0: Donchich. The step back three. You bet.
2: Music. You
0: said my
2: word.
5: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone at fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Talk
0: 1370.
5: The right choice. Hi guys, this is Curiosity and we're
1: listening to Specie. Welcome back to the Fastest Hour in Radio, Speed City.
3: Thank you, Pierre Gasly. Good race today. All right, guys, I want to play this interview we did with Kimi Riken, and we played a little, uh, the first part of it in the pre-race show, and we're going to play the, the rest of it here, and uh, we're going to put this entire interview up on our social, and YouTube, and stuff like that. Uh, oh, and speaking of the other outlets and things, uh, make sure you tune in to our regular Sunday night show. We have every week. We have a show every single week, whether it's uh, Formula One or otherwise. So make sure you tune in. But let's go ahead and and uh, hear from Kimi Räikkönen. We caught up with him on Friday morning before the, the race at Sochi and talked about everything from the future to a little Texas barbecue. Here's Kimi Räikkönen. Well, Kimmy, you mentioned you were out of Formula One for a little while, and while you were doing that, you did a little NASCAR. And we just heard in the last 48 hours that a lot of news stations reporting that NASCAR is coming to Circuit of the Americas. So, what do you, what do you think about NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas? Having, uh, I'd like to see you raise a little NASCAR at Circuit of the Americas. You have a home field advantage a little bit.
8: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, Fracko. I think. Mean, you know, obviously you guys do some some road courses but uh, it will be definitely if they do the full track it will be quite interesting to see how they are and, uh, I really enjoyed my uh, you know, I did many the rally and I did through the track series in, in Charlotte and then uh, the nationwide I think was called at that time and obviously there was planning to do much more and, uh, and also the sprint Cup races but then unfortunately, and that I was promised, and uh, I left. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was completely different sport from F1 or from rally, and uh, much more relaxed. And then wherever you you 40th your place, you still found three, four cars to, to race with. And uh, yeah, it's it looks much easier. Like I think any sport you look from outside, it looks very simple. You have two corners in end. There's four corners. How how you guys looked at it and. Um, and it's, it's a small difference that makes a huge difference on that. So it's, it was, um, I enjoyed. It, it was an excellent experience, and uh, I wish I could have done
4: more. Well, th- there's a bit of a joke around that NASCAR doesn't get exciting until somebody turns right. So we're really excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I,
8: I don't remember if uh, I definitely turned when I had a test in the road course, but uh, I think I stayed out of the uh, touch few walls, but not uh, anything big. So. Uh, I remember they told me that whatever happens, just aim it on the inside of Mr. World, but I never really have any, any big, uh, big uh, things in so. world. Well,
3: well, Kimmy, what about the future? Uh, you know, we started the show. You're about to be 41 years old. You've had an amazing career in Formula One. What, what about next year?
8: I don't know. Nothing has been decided yet. Obviously, we slowly start talking about it and. Um, as long as I feel that I, I I, can drive as I expect from myself, I put uh, you know, quite a high level on my own expectation, then I'm happy to continue and I feel that I can still drive uh, pretty well. So um, that, that's obviously from my side, it needs to be the first thing that I looked at. But, uh, you know, if I wouldn't do a good job in my own, own feelings, I wouldn't waste my time or anybody else's time, but we will see if nothing has been signed, there's some talks start to be, but uh, we'll see what happens, uh, there's a lot of moving parts always in these things and uh, the team team seems to be pretty happy with it, obviously
7: we're not happy
8: where we are as a speed, but like I said earlier, we're improving a little bit lately and we're going in the right direction, so that's the main thing. um, yeah, we still
3: have uh, quite a bit of work to be done, but that's um, yeah, that's how you go sometimes. Well, if, if you do uh, after F one, let's put it that way, would you consider something like NASCAR again or or some other? I I, I just don't see Kimi Räikkönen, uh retiring. I'm
4: putting a vote. Uh, obviously yeah, I, I, I have
3: the
8: family, and I you know I, 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 I'm happy to be home. Also, I. I I haven't really think about it, you know. There's obviously options to do something, at least for fun. I I have a friend from there in in, uh, in US that I you know whenever you stop, you, you come back to NASCAR and uh, you know it's uh, um, it would be an option to do some. Obviously, do the whole series is it's even more hectic that hectic uh, hectic that here it is. We have so many races many weekends off but uh, for sure you never know i mean maybe it's a chance to do something afterwards because uh, I, I you know it was the end end results there how it ended and how it did it work out it wasn't, it wasn't very nice way but uh, uh, what came to the race and um, the race weekends I, really had a good fun there, so, I haven't really thought about it yet and what will happen maybe i do nothing Maybe i only do go on my son or maybe i do something else.
4: Well, I got to ask one more question about 20 and twenty uh, about 2021. And that is, uh, we want to see you come back here and eat barbecue with us. But, uh, yeah. as far as a co-driver, Giovinazzi or that name? We're all familiar with Schumacher. What are your thoughts on that second seat on the team you drive in? I mean, obviously right
8: now there's two seats available, so, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not my decision, honestly, I don't, you know. Not really, I can like, have my opinions, but I don't, it's nothing to do with me, and uh, who knows how it plans out. But uh, I'm sure the team will the cars, whatever is the best for them, and it's, it's their right to do it. So, uh, we'll see how, how things plan out. But uh, yeah, definitely, you guys have a good part of it. So. Uh, well,
3: Kimmy, one last question for you Sochi this weekend, uh, this is a really Interesting circuit. Uh, how do you guys set up for this thing? You know, it's, it seems like a, a street circuit, but with a giant straight. I mean, how about this weekend?
8: Yeah, hopefully we can keep uh, you know improving a bit where we finished the last two races, and uh, it's uh, it's not very easy track to go fast because the car has to be right, like obviously every, every track, but uh, it's quite uh, specific corners. So uh, qualifying is important. This hard to overtake, but then saying that any tractor that one goes it's always with this cars. it's hard to overtake, so we need to start tomorrow as normal and try to try to make the best out of uh, what we have and, and put the car in the right setup and go from there but uh, I think uh, most of the cars will run full downforce even with the straight and then uh, you know, we'll see what we get and what about one last question what about the covid
3: I mean I know that F1's done, a, it seemed from the outside, did a good job. Have you guys, you guys feel
8: safe in all the procedures? Yeah, I think we, we've done, I think a good job. I, I haven't, there's obviously been some cases, but very limited how many people are traveling around, was uh, in now Europe, but uh, I think it was the only right decision to stay in Europe. Um, at least we get some racing done here. Uh, Supposed to be like 40,000 spectators, and last race there was some some already there. So, slowly it's kind of getting, let's say, a bit more normal. But I think uh, the health, uh, health of the people comes first, but there's very, let's say, strict uh, rules, and everybody is happy to follow it. So, so far it's been working, working well. And uh, yeah, I think well, whatever you do, you know, in the normal life, it's. Uh, you know, Use masks, not everybody, but um, I use when I go in the supermarket or, or, or out from the home. So I think it's getting more normal for everybody. I mean, this is just how it is right now in the, in the, in the whole world. and uh, Hopefully, one day we'll get back to it more what we used to. But this, is, this might be our new normal. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. I
3: hope you're wrong about that. Well, well, Kimi Räikkönen, this has been a bucket list for me to interview you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you coming uh, on the show.
8: <laughs>
3: we best of luck this weekend, too. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, Kimi Räikkönen, one of the legends of the sport. We, uh, By the way, we apparently we had some audio trouble in the first couple of minutes there. Sorry about that. We are going to have that entire full interview up on all our social channels, and on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. So, uh, yeah, check that out. It's good. The first part of it's good, too. And we have the entire thing up there as well. But, but yeah, Les, uh, it's pretty cool that he was, you know, we caught him on the weekend where he set the record for most Grand Prix's ever. And, uh, you know, I was surprised at how talkative and friendly he was. He was, uh, you heard it, he was willing to ask, answer anything we ask. Pretty cool.
4: He's definitely looking forward to barbecue. So we'll get him <laughs> back here.
3: Yeah, we'll get him back. I, I hope so, too. But Maybe
4: that's what we need to do. We'll teach them how to make barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> we could do that
3: to a lot of people around. There's some some places, you know, they, they say they have good barbecue. They have not been to Texas ah,
4: to have good barbecue. The key is having something to drink in your hand while you do it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and take our last
3: break. And when we do uh, come back, we're going to – I want to play one little clip from uh, – from Tony Stewart talking about NASCAR. Speaking of NASCAR and Kimi Räikkönen and everything, we'll play that to you. Listen to Speed City, back after a quick break.
1: Winding Road Racing is a leading provider of road racing and performance equipment at each of our locations in Texas, California, Georgia, and Kentucky. But we know some racers want that same high-quality gear, customer service, and pricing without leaving home. Check out the online store at WindingRoadRacing.com. It's got all the same high-quality brands you've come to know us for. Alpine Stars, Stilo Helmets, Chill Out, and Aim Data Systems, all available at great prices and delivered directly to you with free shipping. Log on now at WindingRoadRacing.com. If your day sounds like We
0: need the report
4: ASAP
1: You deserve Modelo If you've persevered through You deserve this rich golden lager With a crisp but refreshing taste Or if you overcame You deserve this ice cold reward Modelo, the mark of a fighter Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois
7: A lot can happen between falling in love with a
1: house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
0: Talk thirteen seven.
7: Hey, this is Tony Stewart, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back
1: to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
3: All right, l- welcome back. When we left on the break, I said that we were going to talk, we're going to hear from Tony Stewart, besides that rejoin that we just heard from him, because, uh, you know, we asked Kimi Raikkonen about NASCAR, because he'd raced NASCAR when he took some time off from Formula One back in like 2010, and maybe in his future, but. Uh, we got the news, like we mentioned in that interview with with Kimmy, about uh, the possibility, looks like a strong possibility, of a cup race, NASCAR cup race here in Austin at Circuit of the Americas. And um, we have a little short clip, a little one-minute clip of Tony Stewart, because we caught up with him here at COTA last year during Formula One weekend when they had a cup car here, and, and Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen riding around Coda and that with each other as passengers, by the way. That was interesting. But but let's go ahead and hear from Tony Stewart on the possibility or, or what Coda would be like as a venue for NASCAR Cup Race.
7: Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, this venue would put on a good NASCAR race as far as the road course side. So, uh, you know, everybody goes, well, would they take one away from Texas Motor Speedway? That would not be the right thing to do. Um, I think there's I think there's other tracks on the schedule that I think I would take a race away from uh, before I would take away one from Texas Motor Speedway. I think Eddie Gossage and his staff do an awesome job, and it would be an injustice to do that to bring a race here, but um, I would say this is a great venue after running today. It's the, the fun part is there's I feel like there's at least five very solid passing opportunities per lap here, which is more than adequate. Um, but most of all, it's a very technical racetrack, and that's the part that... Uh, For me, as a driver, that I would I would look forward to competing at a place like this because of that. I mean, that's it. it, You obviously your cars have to be right, but when there's a lot of opportunity for the driver to really make the difference at this track, and that's something that as a as a race car driver I enjoy.
3: You know, how many times have we heard that phrase? Les? everybody loves Coda and talks about it being a technical track. I I just never really thought about how good it could be for NASCAR, but man, he just gushed about. Dakota for NASCAR.
4: Yeah, he really did. And uh you know the the interesting thing is uh also in that interview your, the comment about Kevin Schwantz being one of the designers of it. Uh you know, I got to say maybe that maybe we're onto something on a uh, you know more drivers and racers actually getting involved with the designs of tracks as opposed to what it what feels like it's a very corporate design this is what we're going to do. Uh, but racers themselves being in it, I really like the idea of that.
3: Yeah, with uh, and, and that was from the full interview, which you, if you go to our website or if you subscribe to our SoundCloud, you can go there and hear that. We did; we had like uh, 15 minutes with Tony Stewart out that day. That was pretty cool. It was, it was. He got very casual and entertaining, and it was pretty funny. So check that out.
4: But yeah, it's check a good how, point. What he, how he feels about Prius, he's very passionate <laughs> on that yeah. as well.
3: That's a good point, though, because it was Kevin Schwantz and Tavo Hillman, who's a local Austinite here, whose father was involved for many years back in the day with the Mexican Grand Prix. And really, Tavo was the one who was more responsible for having Circuit of the Americas in Austin than probably anybody. So you got right. to give credit where credit's due
4: there, for sure. Absolutely. Tavo is the guy that made this happen. Uh, you know, and also again, Tavo is a sports car competitor as well, and so uh, it's he's got the merit of driving. And uh, like I said, having those two drivers who have driven on circuits around the world uh, put together some of their favorite parts. Uh, Kevin refers to the the S's series two to nine, reminding him some of that, reminding him of Maggots Beckett.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, didn't Tavo do – he did a little open-wheel racing, too, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I, I think believe he, he did. Yeah, I think he was in Formula 3 and Formula Ford. Uh, I just did a quick Google. And, yeah, he did. I knew I, – I was almost certain of that, but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, – you know, we skipped over something talking about the Russian Grand Prix that happened today because – And it was talked about quite a bit during the race, but that was the fact that uh, Hamilton is now two penalty points away from a race ban after those two practice start violations today.
4: That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, You better uh, mind his P's and Q's the rest of the time here. Uh, Otherwise that is just what folks would need to really make ground on his lead. Huh.
3: I just found an article on racefans.net. I just googled that because I didn't know all the rules, and they're talking about Article 36.1, blah blah blah. But it says the two penalty points move Hamilton to a total of ten for for the current 12-month period. It says no F1 driver has ever reached more than 10 points, and I guess they're saying in the 12-month period in this, I guess in the modern, because I could have. Uh, anyway, it says Hamilton is the third driver to do so, following Sebastian Vettel and Daniel. Daniel Kvyat. remember Kvyat when he was going through his teething pains he definitely had a lot of issues there but yeah that's going to be interesting because you know if you think about it the season has been compressed right we've had all these back to these triple headers back to backs and all these races in such a short period so maybe that i haven't done the math on that but that's what it feels like
4: and sure so, so yeah right now we're there's a 44 point spread between Botos and Hamilton yep if Botos were to win that race and Hamilton not be in it, we have a race we have a championship back in our hands again beyond that, the next one is Max, and he's down one hundred and twenty eight uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, Mercedes is on their way to another season championship uh manufacturers championship, but uh between Botas and Hamilton, it still looks great, yeah.
3: That's a good point, Les. We uh, was wait for those statistics to update on F1.com after race. Just take a look at the standings real quick. Constructor standings now. Of course, Mercedes with a dominant lead, oh, approaching double uh, what Red Bull does. Mercedes with 366, uh, Red Bull with 192, uh, Renault 106, Racing Point with 104. That's a tight race for third. And then uh, Renault, actually, three-way race, because Renault's got 99. It's 106, 104, 99, McLaren Racing Point Renault. And then another 24 points down, uh, Ferrari with 74, Alfa Tari with 59, and then it drops off pretty dramatically with Alfa Romero with four, Haas with that one point, and Williams with none. So that's, you know, no big surprise there, but it is, that's a cool race. for is really if you go from Ferrari down to down in sixth all the way to Renault in third that that could change I mean I, I don't really see Ferrari competing too but that could I mean mathematically they're definitely in that so but like you said it's now 44 points for Hamilton and it's possible but hey we have we have a caller we have one of our one of our favorites we have Inga Strecka has called in. She's zoomed in. Actually, we can see her. Hey, Z- hey, Inga, how are you?
6: Hi, I like being called a favorite. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> well, we appreciate you. Are you uh, are you in Germany? I guess you're probably at the house, right, with this craziness going on.
6: Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm hoping to be at the Nürburgring in two weeks' time, home Grand Prix. But I've been uh, working this race from the studio.
3: Well, we've got about uh, four minutes and thirty seconds left in the show give us your take. We, we tried to think of as much as we could for the Russian Grand Prix, but but uh, <laughs> any standout for you?
6: Well, man of the race, Max Verstappen, I'm pretty sure you guys talked about that yet. I don't know if you've followed the press conference, which is still going on right now. I'm actually just watching and not listening right now because I'm listening to you, but I have been listening to it. And I find it's quite interesting how um, how really emotional Lewis Hamilton is reacting to this penalty, how really short he is in his answers. I mean, he is always wearing his heart on his sleeve, and that today it's showing again. And I bet you he's going to study the rule book inside out to check um, why on earth he got two penalties. Well, he did two times the mistake. But also Max Verstappen was saying that he thinks the, the time penalty in the race plus the two penalty points which could actually, if he gets two more points, um, result in a race ban for Hamilton. That's really harsh.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. And, you know, that is Hamilton, though, isn't he, that he always does wear his heart on his sleeve. And, I mean, even during the race, and I, I always think of those race engineers as not only being engineers, but being psychiatrists, too, keeping their driver, you know, keeping their driver steady. And,
6: yeah. Psychiatrists and moms.
3: Yeah, and, and a mom. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We just touched on that. We we actually kind of forgot about it until just right before you came on, touched about that race ban, and I was just saying that it feels like that it with the compression of the season. You know, we've you know, we had all those triple headers and everything. How that got affected too. But um, I, I I don't know if I mean, and, and you and you talk about Hamilton with the rule books, right? Well, he needs to read the rule book because that was a pretty clear rule violation. Don't you agree?
6: Well, I would think um, it's more actually in this case, more down to the team. If you go on social media and see what everybody is like writing about it, they are mainly saying um, that uh, the team should have told him and that this, this is a team issue, not a driver issue.
3: No, I agree because the team was the one who made that call, but he was going on and on. And I'm thinking, OK, well, you, you, you know, before you go on and on, you got to at least know the rules because it, it was a violation of the rule.
4: But hope we've got enough time for Mick Schumacher's rule violation. <laughs> Similarly, it wasn't Mick. Uh, so the underlying story is one of the uh, one of the prima boss Renee Rosen got involved with the team, basically directing some some orders. He is not a registered operations person in the garage and on pit lane. That's a violation of the rule. And Mick went on to win the race. And so uh, this may be a, may become an administration review of the rules. What do you think about that, Inga?
6: Honestly, I'm not 100% firm with the Formula 2 rules. But I think something like that most likely should result in um, a team penalty, not a driver penalty. And Mick, to my knowledge, has now, I think, 22 points uh, lead in the championship. Um, I've just um, watched an interview with him in German where he's like so cheerful and so positive. And for the first time, he's been saying, you know, I I want to thank thank the team because we have a consistently fast car. And this is how you win championships. It's the first time he's actually touching the the word championship. And um, it's looking good for him. What a shame that Formula 2 is not racing at the Nürburgring in two weeks.
3: Yeah, that's a bummer. Oh, that sounds amazing to see well, there. Well, Inga, I'm sorry. Our four and a half minutes blew past, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, though, and uh, uh, we'll get you back on the show and, and soon, so I appreciate you coming.
6: Have a good one.
3: All right. Thanks, Inga. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Kenny Raikkonen to being, for being our guest this week. That was awesome, and we will talk to you guys next week.
4: Ciao, y'all.